If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. And War Chant TV, it's my pleasure to be with you. Thanks so much for joining us. Good Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Appreciate you being here, by the way. If you're listening on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, drive around, bumping around town. Appreciate you very much. If you're watching on War Chant TV, appreciate you as well. Need you to like and subscribe if you're so inclined. Get after it. Oh, by the way, while I'm at it, let me get the... Promotional items of the day out there early and often because I don't know when it's going to end. Limited time only. It's a buck. It's a buck. Let's get on it, everybody. Let's make it happen. Just a dollar. Attention, all FSU fans. Limited time only. One dollar for one year. Warchant.com. You get this here show. You get Wake Up Warchant. You get seminal headlines. And you get all of the articles on a daily basis plus the show's in the upcoming season, and it's upcoming. It is really upcoming. It is nearly upon us. Here we go. Pre-game show, myself and T. Lizzie. Tom's on the whole. The game days are hell on earth for Tom Lang. Pre-game show, in-game show, post-game show. Holy moly. Not if we win. And we're going to win more than we lose this year, buddy. I can feel it. Yeah. Down in my plum. I sure think that's a distinct possibility, too. It better be. Better be. I don't know. One of us may lose it on the air if they have one more losing campaign. I'm not even just talking about this year. You are not allowed to have a losing season in the next 10 years. You've put us through hell, FSU. Get it together. Let's go. Buck up. Enough of this nonsense. This is not who we are. We're not good at it. We're not good at it. We've been out here in the in the wilderness, Tom, and we don't like to camp. This is not going to get it done. This is not who we are. Let's go. Let's get back. Let's live the high life. Nice cars, fancy houses, good-looking chicks, and booze. Let's go. This is nonsense what we've been doing. <laughs> Slumming it. I don't like it. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. Hey, welcome in. Good Monday, everybody. They scrimmaged on Saturday. We didn't see it. Neither one of us. We're not allowed to. That part of it stinks. That's me being greedy. That's me being very greedy. We get to go to every one of these practices, and uh, and then the scrimmage is the one thing we can't go to. They only have two of them, really. And then we bitch and complain that we didn't get to see the scrimmages. But that's all right. I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to complain that I didn't get to see the scrimmage because I want to see the scrimmage. I'm like a child, but I want it. I want to see the scrimmage. <laughs> I'd like to know what translates 
from Monday through Thursday to Saturday. What what happens on that Saturday when you put it all together? What happens? Yeah, I feel a little bit unclean right now because the last practice we saw was Wednesday. We did not follow the team to Jacksonville for Thursday or Friday. Corey and Aslan were out there covering practice for they us were. at Warchant.com. Mm -hmm. And then in practice today, they return tomorrow. So it'll be nearly a week that we have not seen them on a football field before tomorrow morning's practice, which I look forward to seeing. I look forward to tomorrow's practice as well. I didn't miss them. I did not miss them. I actually did. You were being sarcastic. I see. No, I did not miss them on Wednesday and Thursday. I didn't. I didn't need to see that. I, if it would have involved you and I having to drive over to Jacksonville to see them, nah, nah, it's good. Here, if they'd been well, here, that yeah. would have been fine. But the driving over to Jacksonville to watch a practice, nay, nay. I don't miss him that much. Well, I agree I was there. Say, let's not get over. But I don't like it that it's been since last <laughs> Wednesday. You know, well. Let's, I agree with that. We're at a stage, though, truthfully, where I've seen enough practice. I'm ready to go. Let's play some damn games. Let's get it on. It's time to partake in real football. You know what happened is uh, the wedding of the whistle. That's all it took. That's all it took was a little bit of the wedding of the whistle. You got a little football, even fake football, like, uh, you know, preseason football, although Harbaugh cares deeply. You, you, you get a little taste of football, and you get excited, and you go, oh, that kind of resembles a little football. Hey, by the way, stunning development there. I thought, and he may still, uh, from all reports and all visual observations, that Kyle Trask, uh, prior to Saturday night, was a butt-sorry quarterback, and then he looked great. He looked very good, period. I didn't watch one down. He so, looked good. Yeah. You'll go back and watch it. Okay. He looked good. Now, again. Preseason game is what it is. A lot of people out there that uh, won't be out there on Sundays played well. Made several really good throws. In fact, a mutual friend of ours, fellow Bucks fan, equally as uh, capable a critic as us, we're, we were texting back, like, what the hell? Look at this. So that that's a bit of good news over the weekend. But my point isn't Kyle Trask or the Buccaneers, but rather I watched the Bills. I watched the Bills and Colts. Uh, I watched the Bears. I watched the the Bucks game. I was watching. There was a triple header on NFL Network. Uh, you watched a triple header of preseason football on NFL on, Network? Off and on. It was on. Oh it started God. in the afternoon and went through the day. And um, we did stuff. We were going out and about. My kids and I and my, my mom was in town. And uh, that was great to see her. And we, we had to do some uh, follow-up school shopping for the kids. We kind of had fun with it. You know, we went out to eat and did all of that. So it wasn't all football. But... She's a huge football fan. My listeners know that, certainly, right? Huge football fan. Funny, I tease her about this. We were, you know, we were out to dinner, and then we were, prior to that, we were finishing up some school shopping, and she says, now listen, we need, the Bucks kick off at 7.30 against the Dolphins. We need to, I mean, we should probably wrap it up. Her devotion to that franchise is unmatched. I mean, really, by anybody I know, to watch every morsel of Buccaneers football. I'm proud of her for that. I'm in a weird place where typically... In a normal non-COVID season, you know, when it's baseball opening day, I love watching the first MLB game or two, but then I, I revert back to the season of importance, which is, you know, running down a Stanley Cup in hockey. hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, I've got no time for preseason football because I'm in a thing called a pennant race. Yeah, but I'm Very not. strange for a, for a Mets franchise, but I like it. Yeah. I like this thing. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's even stranger if it were to happen anytime soon for the Pirates. So I haven't been locked in on them in some time. Other than, I do every time I do tune in, they lose in the bottom of the ninth. 
So that, they, I got that going So you stopped for me. tuning in then, yeah. No, so I watched him uh, give up a walk-off to the Giants yesterday. I was like, oh, well, that, that's nice. We'll mm. go ahead and tune in here. So, Brian, you know, Reynolds hits a three-run bomb for us. I'm like, hey, maybe I'll get to see a win. Oh, can't have nice things in Pittsburgh. Two-run bomb, bottom of the ninth. We lose. They walk it off. Yeah. Okay. Done watching. It's basically all the money I have in the pie chart of spending time, because time is money. On sports, it's Florida State football. Well, that's about huge to be huge chunk of the pie. That is about to be a massive portion of the pie. It's already. Let's just say I'm awake for 16 hours. It it takes up 10 to 12 hours a day between coverage and work and going to practice and yeah, all the good stuff. Yeah. I'll be yeah. And then the Mets get about four. Somewhere in there is family time and and uh, time for the home. But most of the sports time is FSU to a three or four to one ratio, and then the Mets. I don't have time for the Bucks yet. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Oh, you will. It's uh, your roots. I mean, you're gonna you, you tune in to the Bucks games. I know you. You will, and uh, and that'll be great. Sundays are your days, anyhow. You love Sundays. Those are your days that you get crazy watching the NFL. So uh, that's gonna happen soon. You don't just watch the Bucks on Sundays. You watch all the NFL. On I Sundays. do, yeah. but it might now be you know a Mets one o'clock first pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Good problem to have. Good problem. To have. You know, sneaky in here, and I won't dwell on it because nobody wants to hear it right now. Right about now. I mean, we are all focused on the upcoming FSU football season, most assuredly. The uh, FSU men's basketball team uh, in the news here. Uh, FSU traveled to Canada to participate in a three-game schedule against the University of Ottawa, Carleton University, and McGill University in Montreal, going 3-0 and on the trip is what Florida State did, by the way. And we didn't really talk about that at all. And uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but every four years, the NCAA basketball teams are allowed to travel out of the country to play exhibition games with the added bonus of including freshmen and transfers on the trip. And such opportunities go, I would say, a long way in kind of jump-starting your season by building team chemistry and all that good stuff. And they got to do that. So I, I do want to gloss over some of that and and what we think about it'll get worked in this week. It's not again nothing big. I just I didn't mention it last week. We didn't get a really chance. The last game was on August the tenth. So here we are. It's five days later, and there's a chance to to at least make mention of what happened. There. They could be fun if they're tougher. I think they've got a couple of guys already that will make them tougher, including a transfer. But um, yeah, the non-conference slate will teach us a lot about where their mentals are this year. Got to be better. Uh, a couple guys that got to get a a lot tougher, and I'm hard on those guys, and I will be. Tough Love Cameron will be making an appearance early in the season here because I don't have time to wait. I saw all I needed to see from one of those guys last year, uh, and unless he shows me something early, then I'm just going to assume he's just as soft as he was a year ago. And you know, he spent his whole basketball life up to that point proving to me he was soft, and then he was soft, so I don't know how that's going to change unless the coach and or the assistant coaches and or his teammates say, hey, man, and then I can't say the rest of what I'd say, but. You know what I mean? Take a walk on the hard ass side. We, we got to go. do something. We got to do something other than that soft yeah. ass thing you're mm-hmm. doing. Yeah, yeah. We got to we got to do something a little little different here. Okay, um, I do want to. And by the way, I appreciate that. Thank you. TPE is uh, weighed in with my Zalatoris victory. Goodness gracious, a lot going on during the stretch run of Zalatoris's win. I'll explain later, much later in the show, but. Uh, a lot was happening all at the same time, and uh, I did see it. Out of the corner of my eye, the last playoff hole, I'd seen the prior two without a problem, but the last one where it got dicey and weird and everything else, but I also saw the made putt on 18 to, to get to where we were in that situation, and I was happy for him to make that putt. Kind of needs to. Um, had he lost this one, I was worried. There's always the um, you you're great. Until you go south one too many times and you don't recover, the, it's the Ricky Fowler syndrome. Well, Tommy Fleetwood. 
Right. Yeah. Like you're there. You're always there. You're consistently there. You're there. And everybody goes, well, that's a given. It's going to happen. Here it comes any day now. It's going to be a thing. And once he right. does, it's going to be a bunch of things and all that. And then it doesn't. And then a year goes by and you're like, oh, man, he's broken. Yeah. The Andy Reid Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Always there. Oh, it's going to be their time eventually. They'll be back next year. They always are. They're going to be the one or the two seed. Then they, you know, they made the Super Bowl. All right. This is their time. Yeah. yeah. And then old Donovan takes into the huddle. Yes, with a uh, T.O. who had a broken leg and played an amazing Super Bowl. They looked in his eyes and they saw fear, Mitch. They saw fear. (laughs) They had no chance. Well, that's what T.O. says. I don't know. Bottom line is, uh, you know, old old fatty got himself a a couple now, so he's all right. So he's he's doing okay. Oh, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, it worked out. It worked out in Kansas City. Uh, Get Down or Lay Down asks, how far is Tough Love Cameron away from No Love Cameron? Well, we're on the precipice. It's dangerously close. That is the problem. Tough Love has to make an appearance when he has seen a nagging consistency uh, with a, a, a deleterious influence. It could very well be uh, on the team or the game or the person. But whatever it is, I have to step in when I see it. Now, you can't just prattle on for days like that. You've got to, or weeks anyhow, you've you got to show me a little something. Now, you can go in and out of the Tough Love doghouse. You can, you can rise up, respond to Tough Love Cameron, do something that gets me to back off and acknowledge that you rose up, only to revert to form three weeks later and me have to come out of retirement with some more Tough Love. Yeah. MJ Walker spent a oh lot of time God. in transit. My guy could never stay out of there because once again he had to fall and act like he was shot in the thigh. But he would get, at, he- he would get out of there routinely, though. Yeah. So if there was a walkway between tough love Cameron and straight love Cameron, all love Cameron, and that that walkway was just one long sidewalk, MJ's career was just basically on the sidewalk. It yeah. wasn't necessarily in either camp. It was just in the sidewalk between the two. It was. It was um, It was a weird deal because at the same time, he's the only one who's ever been that consistently in the tough love uh, doghouse, and, but, but also felt like he, he would be depended on, like we needed him. A lot of the guys, it's not that way. It's just like uh, you fulfill a very small role. I need you to get to where you just understand that and move forward. Do you remember the first guy that Tough Love Cameron worked for? Sand pits? Mm-mm. Well, I, I was Billy old. Strode. Oh, my God. Billy, Billy Strode. Strode. Seven years ago. That's right. I had forgotten Billy Strode ever lived yeah. on this earth. That is Folks, amazing. that would be a relief pitcher for the Florida State yeah. University baseball team if you're not up on baseball. Yeah, but I mean, Tough Love rose up for Billy Strode. I met him at the now defunct Monks. I miss Monks. He said, You work with a, a Cameron Show? I'm like, Yeah, yeah. He goes, I'm Billy Strode. I went, Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, I said, It was funny. I started laughing. I said, This should be interesting. He goes, No, no. I love it. Tell him I love it. It's fine. I was like, Oh, okay. See, well, that was quick. He was a man. Yeah. He can handle things. That's funny. But it had to have been awkward for a second where you were like, oh, well, I'm not the guy. But right. right. I mean, that's, I mean, he's out there saying his thing. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what that is. Let's talk football momentarily. We'll do it next. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. You know, if you go back to that Buckley album and listen to it from start to finish loud like we are right now, it always fills the soul. It always fills the soul, buddy. 
you threw that record on, you're like, all right, that's a damn fine album. Even to the- Some things don't stand the test of time, Tom. Some things don't make it. You know, you go back and listen to an album you loved in 1997, and you're like, ooh, this is terribly dated. The production value is terrible. Everything about this is not good. Other albums, you go, man, way ahead of its time. Still whooping ass. Yeah. That one's one of them. Fred Durst was on it, man. <laughs> so, yes. Jeff Buckley's Grace is one of those, and I was reminded of it just now as you played the intro. Uh, what do you make of limited time in the scrimmage for Jordan Travis? Why don't we start there? They didn't need to see a lot. They said he played well. He got limited reps, um, limited series, if you will. And uh, they wanted to see more of the, of the other quarterbacks because they feel good about what they have with Jordan. And it was phrased that way by the head coach, Mike Norvell. I'm not trying to imply anything. Don't take this and run with it and you know think that I'm insinuating anything. I'm just saying I thought it was interesting that they've seen enough in a game situation and throughout the practices leading up to the scrimmage Saturday that they saw a couple good series and went, okay, we're, we're good with him. Let's see what we get with Rodemaker. Let's see what we get with Duffy. And let's give them a little bit more time and we ordinarily would. And we want to give them more time with the ones. We want to give them a chance to succeed. We want to see how they play with the starters. Because normally they're stuck with that second group and third group. Obviously that affects your effectiveness. And so they wanted to go a different route there. Uh, that was the first thing that stood out to me about Mike Norvell's comments after the scrimmage. As uh, the press conference that night, Saturday night, I thought, um, hmm, okay, that's interesting. Uh, just a, Just a... Thought starter here, a conversation starter. There's been nothing outlandish in a bad way about Jordan's play this preseason. Uh, I think what they've been doing in the spring and in preseason camp is they're trying to learn what all they can do in addition to what they already know Jordan Travis brings to the table. Because he's wearing a green non-contact jersey, you're not going to call a bunch of design runs of for course Jordan. Not, yeah, so. You already know he can do that. You know, So what else can he do? And I think he's opened up a few extra pages of the playbook. It's not like he's lighting the world on fire every day the way he did on Tuesday or Wednesday of last week, excuse me. But he hasn't been up and down to the point where you'd be concerned, that fundamentally concerned about, oh, man, we need to get him more work. He's not ready. He's not ready for the opener against Duquesne. He's not ready for LSU. He is. I think he is ready. I think another part of it may be that if you look at the track record, you might need Tate Rodemaker for more than a couple series this season. That is 100% accurate. I think that's where it starts. I think that's where the conversation starts. That there's a very good chance, based on history, you are going to need Tate Rodemaker to uh, play meaningful snaps this year at some point. I'm not saying start a game, perhaps. I'm saying he's going to come in a game where you need to trust that you can call the game uh, in a way that is built around a drive and a score. Uh, that you're calling plays not out of fear, not out of protecting something, but out of going for something, believing that you can compete. Because last year, if you got into a situation where the backup had to come into the game, and I'll grant you, I thought, you know, they too often decided to go back to McKenzie Milton, couldn't play a lick, couldn't play a lick, no arm, foot, not working, had no reason to be out there. They continued to try that. I think they felt they owed something to him. Uh, I understand that this is not last year. You better be able to go into a game knowing that if Jordan Travis is going to miss the second quarter because he has to go into the the tent and deal with a, a nagging calf strain of some sort, nothing 
cataclysmic, but something that they got to work through or put a brace on or whatever it is, that you're not losing ground in said football game, that you have a shot to call your offense or call plays that suit him and that you believe in him. And so I would get him a lot of reps. I, I, I have no problem with that. I just thought it was interesting because at the same time, I can argue Jordan Travis hasn't shown me enough to say that I'm completely fine with every aspect of his game and he doesn't need to take meaningful reps in a scrimmage. Now, I know he did take meaningful reps in the scrimmage and he played well early and they got him out of there. And then, you know, the other part of that could be that, you know, whatever it was last week, he had that day where he was under the weather. Norvell mentioned that the team had a lot of guys that were under the weather. So maybe he's not all the way back at full strength. Post that under the weather day, he came back and had his best day at camp. So maybe they thought, okay, good, he's, he's fine, he's good to go. Let, let's, let's get Tate and A.J., a lot further along in game situations. Yeah, I know what Jordan is. And I see Preston in the chat saying we're being too Pollyannish or maybe the you know the media is. Look, man, that's a you problem. We're talking about the things that are better, but we're also saying that this is still an eight-win team. Nine of everything bounces right. You're not automatically great at everything if you're only winning eight out of 12 games. So there are still holes in what Florida State does. But the thing I'd say is, yeah, Jordan, I know what he is. Not, not that he's too good to practice. I don't think anybody's saying that. You know what he is. And one thing we said in preseason camp, or before camp actually started, was, look, if you're going to have to rely on Tate, we better see reps with him, elevated reps, with the ones. Because you got to know everything that he brings to the table and everything that might go wrong. He's got to develop the chemistry with a Micah Pittman, with a Johnny Wilson, and when Wright comes back, you've got to have them potentially on the same page because you're going to need him in a pinch. If you don't, that's unexpected. Wouldn't that be fair to say oh, right well, now? I it would be unexpected if yes. you don't need Tate Rodemaker at any point this season. Jordan is what he is. Good, bad, and different otherwise. He's shown growth, I think, this camp. I don't know if it's on the level that everybody wants to see or will hope that they see from Jordan Travis, but I think we've seen growth from him. But you know what he's going to be. Let's find out what these other guys are about because we might need them. Well, and I would argue that if you can block it up, and they may feel like they can, if you can block it up, I've said before, with time, I think Tate Rodemaker's a better passer, unequivocally. I think he is. It opens up more of your passing game. I'm not saying there's a quarterback competition. I'm not saying that they're going to work this to a point where they decide to go a different direction. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that if you believe, or in history tells you that he may have to play, if you believe Tate is pretty close to a go and is a certifiably good backup to Jordan Travis, then you better have packages in place that he can rep with the ones that they're comfortable doing in a game. Right. So, and this is the closest thing you can give him to outside yeah. of Duquesne, hopefully if everything's on schedule in the second quarter or the third quarter. Beyond that, you need to get him these reps in the scrimmage. Yeah, you, you do. I just thought it's, it's – listen, everything about the building towards a successful season – is going to be overanalyzed and broken down into uh, minute pieces of, of, of information to debate. That, that is what's going to happen because we're starving. The fans are starving. The media who covers this team is tired of watching it lose because that's boring. That script's been written. We've seen this movie. Let's, let's see something else. Is there something that we can report on that is telling you that they're closer? and that we're going to see something different this year. I think there is. You do, too. We've all speculated to what degree, to varying degrees, we have an opinion. I don't think they can get to nine wins. I think it's unlikely, highly unlikely, that they get to nine wins. Uh, I, I, They could. It's not completely off the table, but it seems highly unlikely to me. I do think eight is a very, very good goal. I think it's a good goal. I think if you're operating the peak efficiency with this squad and you stay relatively healthy, you can get to eight wins. I agree with that.
Yeah, my other question would be about Saturday and, and the usage. Maybe because they're still shuffling offensive linemen. You know, they're like, you know, let let's well let's dial it back here with thirteen. Even though he's non-contact, a lot of stuff's been going on. We're making sure we're shuffling guys in. Like for example, after the first scrimmage, it was Julian got time at left tackle. Norvell did. Yeah, they immersed him up quickly. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, you want to fast track some guys. Uh, maybe Especially that's if they have the tools. It's part of it too. They're rotating at a lot of positions. They've already talked about it at safety. Because Akeem Dent and uh, Jamie Robinson weren't available in the beginning of camp, Mike went on record saying that. So you're shuffling bodies there. You're shuffling bodies on the offensive line. They're doing it at other positions. You've got to cross-train and be prepared. Alex Atkins said it on Saturday night, I want to have five players to be able to play every single position on the O-line at any given point. That might be a stretch. You know, that that's a, that's a lofty goal. But he said, look, there are situations where guys play left all camp. I'm going to tell them to go play right. you got to be ready. And that's what I think what this scrimmage was about. Once Jordan got done and they saw what they needed to see with the ones truly as close as they can be to running good on good 11 on 11, it's all right. Now, blank has hit the fan. Let's let's assume, guys, Mike Norvell has got everybody in the huddle. Let's assume that my luck doesn't change this season. <laughs> I'm the same right unlucky bastard you've known since I've arrived. If things go wrong like they have for me at all times, that means one of you is going down, maybe more than one of you. So let's put you in awkward position to see how you handle it. That's what I think what this is about. Again, if you've got Duquesne as your opener, you can do something like this with scrimmage too. If your opener was LSU or Notre Dame like last year, I don't know what you can. Well, the other reason they do this is that from this point forward, you are about to enter into game preparations for both games. Let's be honest. okay? You're about to install and do game preparations for both games. You don't really have to do it for Duquesne. Now, you got to treat the game seriously and call it seriously. You can't run experiments out there with guys who can't run and have them in the slot. So, you know, that kind of stuff, obviously. But you're going to start really preparing for that LSU game now. And basically, if you don't get them those meaningful reps with the ones in a game scenario this past Saturday, they ain't going to get it. Because from here on out, the ones are going to take the majority of the snaps to be uber prepared for game one, game two, for the season. That's how we're going to go. You're going to rep it till you can't forget it and, and go from there. Which is something that we can't divulge until they release a depth chart, and that'll be a week from today. Hopefully they'll, they'll do that. Not every coaching staff does. Well, but when we go to practice tomorrow, I will be interested to see, assuming everybody in a segment group is healthy, if there's a shuffling. You know, if there's a different number out there that's running early on in practice with the ones that you say, oh, okay. Well, there's a distinct possibility that that is the case at a couple positions. But also, I would warn against, and I'm not saying this to you per se, but to the people looking at that intently as we will be, that I think there's going to be a little time with that offensive line before we get anything concrete. Oh, sure. So I I think they're going to need to wait to the last minute with that offensive line. They've had guys who have worked their way back, some guys who had to miss a little bit of time and are coming back, some other guys that have been out there the whole time and maybe either played really well and deserved to be elevated or others that have played a little bit poorly and had to to be reshuffled. And so, you know, I think I think that they're still figuring that out and that competition is the only place on the field that I think that you're still going to be looking at some pretty intense moments in practice this next week. Yeah, all things being equal, now that the center battle, assuming everybody, let's just say outside of Caden Lyles, assuming everybody's healthy on the offensive line, and that's what we hope moving forward. 
by default, you now have a starting center in Maury Smith if everybody's healthy. But you got to cross train, and the guy that's really interesting is Darius Washington. That's where I think when you're talking about yeah, coming down to the wire, back and he could play a guard. He could play all five positions. We've documented that. The coaching staff has talked about that. But that is the one player I think that can fundamentally shuffle what's going on in the two deep of this offensive line. If he finds a home and he is materially better at right guard, let's say, than somebody like Demetri Emanuel who's been working there and he starts, then maybe that flexes where Dimitri could place as your sixth guy. Or if he's materially better than Bless at right tackle. Remember, they were going back and forth in spring, not so much so far this fall. But that kind of stuff, if that's what happens, then Darius could be somebody to unseat somebody we already have penciled in. But he is the guy as he's getting up to speed, and that was, again, something that Mike Norvell said, that Darius was coming along a little bit slower. Well, he's made the practice reports now. So this is a big week for Darius Washington. In a way, it won't be for a lot of other players. Last week, we were able to shine a light on the coach's poll. In a moment, we'll shine a light on the AP poll. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. I went home with a waitress The way I always do Good Monday, everybody. Good to be with you. All right, I mentioned it a moment ago. I'll mention a couple things again. The first things first, and that is uh, it's a buck. Get your ass in there and let's go. Warchant.com for a year for a dollar. Forget about it. Got to do it. Sign up. You get this show every day. You get Wake Up Warchant. Similar headlines. You get the articles documenting every day of practice, the videos to go with, and a ton of specialty shows throughout the year, including game day specials. That will ask you for the pregame, in-game, and postgame. Get on it. Warchant.com, $1 for one year. We do not know how long that special will last. Yes, I'll get to the LSU news later in the program. I see it. I'm aware of it. I'll talk about it. He was running third anyway, yeah. from what I read. I don't care about that. I just want to get an update overall. You're right. Um, let's go back to uh, let's go back to this. Uh so the AP poll is out. It's not as fun as <laughs> the coaches poll. The coaches poll. But no shocker here, Alabama will open the 2022 college football season ranked number one in the preseason AP Top 25 poll. That released today. The Crimson Tide are followed by, no shock, Ohio State. Followed by, no shock, Georgia. Followed by, also not shocking, Clemson. Followed by number five, Notre Dame. Okay. A lot of turnover at Notre Dame, but we'll see. Uh, feels awfully favorable. I'm not so sure I, I I agree with that poll. It's the 15th consecutive season Alabama has appeared at number one for at least one week, and it's the ninth time Alabama has started a season ranked atop the AP poll since preseason rankings began in 1950. So you have that. Only Oklahoma has more appearances atop the initial poll. Hey, now. The Crimson Tide received 54 of 63 first-place votes. Ohio State garnered six. Defending national champion Georgia got three. When you lose 75 people to the draft in the first two rounds, it is awfully hard to sustain a number one ranking. Uh, But these days it'll keep you around number three or number four because you are the have of halves. The rest of the top ten is made up of number six, Texas A&M. A lot of expectations heaped upon one Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M Aggies. University's collectives. 
That was not the uh, the full. That kind of works. I don't cheat and I don't lie. But that kind of works. Universities, collectives, just go ahead and say that over and over again. You accidentally hit the right bumper there. That's correct. <laughs> Even my subconscious is on its game today, sir. How about my boys? Look at them. Cam Rising and crew coming in at number seven. Let's go, Utah. Your national champion. That's my squad right there, baby. National champion Utes. Utah fans, go ahead. Send it, send it on over to your boy. I need the nicest, freshest apparel from the Utes and a free flight out to Utah to stay with a seat at the 50. I'm here for you. Number eight, Michigan, overranked, no chance. Fugazi, get the hell up out of here, Michigan. Back to being ass. Number nine, Oklahoma. Mm, mm. Number 10, Baylor. Mm. Well, it's one of those two. It's the first time Utah has opened the preseason as a top 10 team, bolstered by Jeff Cameron's daily praise. Its previous high preseason ranking was 14th in 2019, also bolstered by Jeff Cameron's heaping, helping some praise. At number 13, we have an ACC squad, that squad named NC State. Unfortunately, they're on the schedule. By the way, their highest preseason ranking ever. Sorry-ass Wolfpack, just always shaky. Oh, this is it. I, I was waiting like dot, 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 was, you know. Yeah. Ninth in 1972. In 1975, they were also preseason ranked 13th. Oh, there you go. So they've yeah. tied yeah. it. They've tied it. I had them ninth that year. Their highest, they've never finished higher in a, in a, in a poll at the end of the year than 11. So no top 10s for them. 1979? 74. Oh, okay. 74. Zero ranked teams will be in action when 2022 season kicks off with 11 week zero games on October the excuse me on August the 27th we know that. However, week 1 will feature three matchups of ranked teams including Notre Dame at Ohio State. Here we go, grand opening, grand closing for somebody. Good goodness gracious. 5 versus 2 in that matchup. Number 3 Georgia will take on number 11 Oregon. This is beginning to feel real tangible that game's coming up i can make a plan i'll meet you at the bar we'll be doing this that's fun that's good all right 30 local time in new orleans let's buddy. get it on georgia and oregon are in atlanta that's a shame be better if they were between the hedges or out at Austin. number 23 cincinnati in a game that i care to watch because i've got woo pig suey in that matchup Ooh. it is <laughs> pig suey It's number 23, Cincinnati, at number 18, Arkansas, on September the 3rd. Meanwhile, number 7, Utah, has an immediate test of its heightened expectations, Tom, as they'll take it to Gainesville to take on the University of Florida. Big game for the Utes as they drub Billy Napier's debut in Gainesville for the Florida Gators. A little 28-17 action. What do you think? Feels good. Feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Much more physical, manly team, Utah. Number 4, Clemson will play Georgia Tech. Oh, goodness gracious, that is... Not how we do things, Georgia Tech. What are we doing? That's a toughie. I think I would have said, what are we doing here, guys? What's with the schedule? Clemson out the gates. They hate our coach. This guy's going to run it up by 80 if he can. He will. That's on Labor Day night. Did we take Clemson and give the 30, what was it? I told you 30, like 39. It's insane. Yeah, I think we did. I got to double check it. Here is, for those that are keenly interested the entirety of the top 25 poll. We'll make this fun. Tom, you and I, lower or higher, we're going to play a little game of lower or higher. All right. 
They're going to finish worse off, meaning if you're number one Alabama and you don't think they're going to finish number one, then you have to say lower. That's correct. Well, well, worse. Worse or better? Let's well, do worse or better. Okay, worse or better is better. You're right. <laughs> lower or higher with polls is just no thanks. Hey, worse or better? Well, game of worse or better. Brand new on the program. All right. All right, here we go. Number 25, BYU. Better. Better. Mm-hmm. Good call. Mm-hmm. Good call. Number 24, Houston. Better. I'm going to go with a little worse. It feels like a 19 to 21 landing spot. I think spot. they're outside the top 25. Because they won't have anybody in Power 5 they can put there. This is That's what that feels like, a default play. Number 23, Cincinnati. Worse. It's a tough call. Mm. Good coach. Could be a push. Could be a push. That feels like the right ranking to me. The same. Push. I'm going to go with push. Number 22, Wake Forest. Oh, our first bout of intrigue, everybody. Where are you ranking Wake Forest, the Demon Deeks? What you got? I think this browser over here has pulled up Wake Forest schedule. (laughs) More than any other browser times? in the country. Like, like we got to double check. Are you sure they're not counterfeit? What are we looking at here? All Give right. me Wake Forest. All right. Uh, VMI, win, at Vandy, win, Liberty, win, Clemson, loss, at FSU, loss, Army, win, break, Boston College, win, at Louisville, loss, at NC State, loss, North Carolina. Oh, by definition, I've already done it. They're worse. Worse well, you gave them four losses. Four could put you right around there. I'm going worse. They're out of there. Goodbye. All right. Worse. North Carolina, Syracuse, Duke. So they could finish on a little three-game upswing. Worse. All right. Including the bowl loss that they suffer, worse. Worse. Okay, we're both on worse. close, though. Number 21, be quick on that keyboard. Uh, Number 21, Ole Miss. Oh, man. Whoa, whoa, what do we got here? What kind of schedule are we looking at? All right. What, what kind of cheating is My they need to do My gut tells me worse. My gut tells me worse, too. Uh, Troy. Win. Central Arkansas. Win. At Georgia Tech. Remember Win. that game? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Tulsa. Win. Kentucky. And Oxford. Toss up. Keep going. All right. At Vandy. Win. Auburn at home. Win. At LSU. God, toss up. At Texas A&M. Loss. Break Alabama. Loss. At Arkansas. Loss. Mississippi State. That game between Arkansas and Ooh, Ole Miss last year, was that man. the craziest game of all time? It was like 58-55. Yeah. Yes. It was nuts. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it was fun. I'm going to go worse. Worse than 21. That's close. Going worse. They had a lot of easy wins, and then they're going to have a bunch of losses in a short period of time, and the pollster's going to go, to hell with you. Yeah, because of the November losses, mm, that's where Wake, could, up, Wake up. could get helped by going North yeah, Carolina, Syracuse. Creepy, and, creepy, yeah, creepy. Yes, yeah. I agree with you. All right, worse. All yeah. right, there we go. Okay, now we don't have time to do this with every team. Here we go. Kentucky uh, at number 20. I'm going to say better. 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 Mm-hmm. 19, Woo Pig Suey. Woo Pig Suey, worse. Worse. Wisconsin, 18. Sounds about right. Push. Yeah. Pitt, 17. Worse. He got look. He got rid of Whipple, so you lost your quarterback and your offensive coordinator. Narduzzi's going to do more of what he wants to do, which, which means they're going to the suck ball. more. Well, they'll play low-scoring games again. Oh, he gets, man. but he he's gets, got a good defensive line, man. I don't know. I'm torn here. Worse. Okay. I feel good about it. I'll go worse. Canes, sixteen. Mm. Better. <sighs> Better. If I said Pitt's worse, right by definition, mm. that means yeah. You got them winning the Coastal, don't you? 
I don't know what the hell's happening in the coastal. You're going to take Miami to win the coastal, so it got better. They're going to lose to us, though. In Miami? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Push. Michigan State, 15. Worse. Worse. Southern Cal, 14. Worse. Worse is correct. That's yeah. the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> NC State. <laughs> NC State, 13. Oh, man. What a good number. That's yeah, a push. That's I, a push. I like better. Uh, I, yeah, like, I like yeah, better in that situation. 10. Oklahoma State, 12. Worse. Worse. Oregon, 11. Worse. Because they could lose to Utah again, get smoked in the Pac-12 championship game if they make it that far. They could lose to USC as well this year. They got yeah. talent on that team, man. That's tough. If you lose three games in the Pac-12, you're automatically going to be voted worse than a three-loss well, SEC team. Yeah, so. okay. I'm going to go worse. Baylor worse at 10. Oklahoma worse Better. at 9. Oh, Baylor. Ba- you are a drunk. Oklahoma. Somebody's got to win the games in the, in the Big 12. It's not going to be Baylor. It won't o- be Oklahoma. Oklahoma will be all right. Hey, man, you go easy on all that slander. <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> no, I'm going to go worse. Uh, Michigan, eight. Way worse. Utah, seven. Exactly right. Better. Texas A&M. Worse. Six. They're way too high. Worse. This is, It's next year for them. Uh, they lost. How, are we going to do this No, 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 no. <laughs> That, I'm every talking about year? that class. We that, do this every year that class bastards? is not vesting this year. It vests oh, next year. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. I'll say worse as well. Notre Dame, five worse. Way worse. Clemson, four worse. Worse. Georgia, three. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the top three Utah, are- Utah's in the playoff this year. Okay, so Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, we're like, yep, we're all good. Yep. Okay, so those first three. Kind of a fun little exercise. I mean, it's the last of the desperate exercises that we have to employ on it's this not show. Des- it's starting to get educated, it's, though. It it's is. not start- fully vetted and educated no. on every team. But- That's what this weekend's for. We're getting even deeper into the weeds with all these teams here. This is your, this is your, you know, steel weekend. This is where you you, you grab and you get in there. What are they on full moons and in, in, in rainy weather on the road uh, with the temperatures below eighty? Watch for that six day window. Yeah, <laughs> you, that's what you start doing. You start going through all those. I just can't believe that it's here. It's it's finally here that we you and I were having a yeah. conversation over the weekend about where you know when we're leaving town to go to New Orleans, how we're going to gamble in yep. Biloxi and play golf, and then we're going to go to oh, New yeah. Orleans. Oh. We got a lot of things we got to do. Yeah, Tom, I see you asked the question. Texas wasn't ranked; they were not in the AP poll. Nope. Texas was not. They got a first place vote in the coaches' poll. They were ranked 17th or 18th somewhere in there. Not ranked at all. Ranked behind Tennessee and the others receiving votes in the AP Texas poll. plays Alabama first, uh, second week of the season. Good luck with that, guys. They just had a terrible weekend in camp where they lost players. Texas won five games, four games last year. Yeah, they shouldn't be ranked. Uh, Marcus writes, gents, I have so much crap going on. Good. Custody stuff, great. Work projects, great. Uh, moving my lovely lady to Tallahassee from Maryland and more. The light at the end is football starting. Thank you for the distraction. You help a ton. It's our pleasure, Marcus. And I'm sorry that you're going through custody stuff and work projects, but your candor is appreciated. Goodness. That's a a toughie. Um, Jeff, you, Jeff, or should I say Big Blue Kentucky Jeff, have you gotten into the stoops Cal drama with your new Kentucky friends. So I have not started the work I'll be doing with the Kentucky site and the video aspect. I, I'm, by the way, 
a lot of you did ask about this. Thank you for doing so. Uh, of the other teams that I'll be working with this year, it's not going to take away from my focus, attention, and day job covering Florida State, of course, and my passion. But it will require me to know quite a bit about Kentucky, Tennessee, well, how about them apples? Uh, Nebraska, as well as Florida Folks, State. Folks, take those names down again of those programs. Kentucky, Tennessee, and Nebraska. Ah. If you see those teams on Redemption Thursday, once again, Kentucky, Tennessee, Nebraska. Yeah, I'm covering all three of those teams this year. I will be doing videos with their host sites, uh, their their lead writers, their editors, their 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 people that uh, are the equivalent of uh, Irish Chaffel, Gene Williams, Corey Clark, Tom Lang, Aslan, you name it. We get a lot of Johnny Come Latelys on a Thursday, so this is the final warning for all of you that stick with us throughout the year. This is the final educational warning. So we're not going to tell people that Jeff covers these teams on Redemption Thursday. So remember those three, write them down. I wanted to work with Wyoming, but they didn't see the monetary value in me working with Wyoming. On 3wyoming.com? Yeah, I'm going to convince them otherwise and soon. Uh, and uh, I also desperately wanted to cover Utah. They wouldn't allow for it. They already have their folks in place. So what are you going to do? That sucks. One of these times I'm going to get to cover Utah. That'll be next year after I prove a smashing success. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with